Hey, dear listeners, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, State Farm, for supporting Unqualified. I also want to say that the only real difference between your closest friend and a State Farm agent is that one of them loves to talk about home and auto insurance. (laughs) Please check out statefarm.com today to find an agent in your neighborhood. State Farm, talk to an agent today. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Chris Sullivan was born July 19, 1980 in Sacramento, California. Ooh, grad- wait, wait, wait. I like where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Could we do uh, like a little bit of Dateline? Oh, Keith. You know, like oh. you might be murdered. Chris Sullivan was born July 19, 1980 in Sacramento, California. He graduated from Loyola Marymount with a B.A. in theater. He currently stars as Toby on the NBC drama This Is Us. For this role, Sullivan was nominated for the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series in the Year of Our Lord Jesus, 2019. He also provided the voice for the American auto insurance company all right. He also provided the <laughs> He also provided the voice for the camel for the American auto insurance company Geico. And then he died. And then just died of Isn't natural it, causes. Oh, natural causes. Natural causes. Oh, yeah. are you sure it wasn't murder? <laughs> well, he died of naturally being murdered. Would you prefer to die by murder or natural causes? Um, Let's say, okay, but wait, 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 let me preface this. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're 92. I'm 92 years old. Yeah. It's been an amazing run. It's been a long haul. You got that Emmy. You got, in fact, you got like 18 of them. Wow. If you want to be remembered for 20 to 30 years, win 18 Emmys. So if like you want to be remembered forever, win 18 Emmys and, and get then murdered get murdered. By like the male Susan Lucci. Exactly. Um, so murder is my answer. Well, all right, all right, that's fair enough. Would you prefer stabbing or poison or gunshot? I'll take it quick. I'll take a quick gunshot. Are you sure you don't want to be like tied up in the basement for a long ass time? Well, uh, this is this is getting very specific. <laughs> I just need to know these things from my guests. These are always the first questions we ask. I could stand to be tied up in the basement for two to three days. Okay, and then your killer says to you. Would you like a final meal? Because you, mm-hmm. the killer has not been super attentive all the time, you know. We're assuming it's well, a Well, I'm assuming that this person has been up against you mm-hmm. for, you know, decades now. So it's Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Yeah, it's Peter. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so Peter's like, no food. But then he's like, okay, I'm about to kill you. Mm. Last meal request yeah. or no? Yeah. Breakfast burrito with French fries, please. Really? Yeah. That's all you're going with. Listen, there's no greater phrase in the English language than breakfast burrito. Well, you say that with a lot of certainty. I've, I've <laughs> what would you say mm-hmm. if you asked your wife this question and she answered cool beans? Cool beans being one of the greatest phrases in the English language? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I, I, first of all, I'd be surprised. Um, second, a, a bit confounded. 
And I'm rarely confounded. It's cool beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, Whoa, where do you, you laughed. Yeah, where do that you... That felt like a genuine laugh. That was. Because the phrase, when you really think about cool beans, those are not good beans. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants cool beans. You want hot beans. Very, very least, you want room temperature beans. But if you're eating cold beans, you're at a salad bar and something has gone wrong. <laughs> Did you ever go through a phase in your life where you said that's tits? That's the tits. That's the tits. That's tits. That's tits or that's oh, the tits. Or that's the cat's ass. Or money. I don't know. I don't know about the cat's ass. I definitely went through the money phase. That's money. That's money, baby. So money, baby, and you don't even know it. When did you go through that phase in life? That would have been 1994 to 2002. 2002. That's a, quite a stretch for it, money. Listen, I held on to the, the wingtip shoes and the swing dancing longer than I should have. You do have a great sense of style. Thank you. I appreciate that. But the movie Swingers and uh, John Favreau and Vince were formative for me, I suppose. Okay, wait. So your favorite job outside of the entertainment industry? To watch other people do or no. a job that I would like to have? I was hoping that you would give us an example of a job that you had. Oh, that I have had. Yeah. But uh, flipping it around the I other way. I was a tennis coach. And you liked that? I enjoyed that very much. Why? Time outside. Sure. Time out of doors. Molding young athletes into slightly better athletes than before I came across them. Okay, so... Worst job outside of the industry? Bouncer. Oh, was this Chicago, Chicago days? Chicago days. Bouncer. Okay, so you went to Loyola. Loyola Marymount University, correct. Okay, well, I'm glad that we cleared that up for mm -hmm. our listeners. <laughs> okay, so you went there, you studied acting. Correct. And then you moved to Chicago? But you yeah. were born in Sacramento. I was born just, in Sacramento. Okay, born in Sacramento, went to college down yeah. here. Sack down. Yeah, sack down. The Bay Area. Gotcha. Back down. Okay. To Los Angeles. Were you a snobby Sacramentoian? Listen, there's nobody. No, Isaac is totally nodding. There yes. is no bigger snob Isaac than a Sacramentan. You can't mess with the big tomato. <laughs> Never. That's what they call Sacramento. All right. You so, wouldn't mess with it. I, I can no, feel no, no, no. You're Listen, trying to, but you can't. No, you can't. No, Even I if can't, you tried, I can't. My couldn't. brother is a, he's a professor at UC Davis. He is the world's only fourth generation sociologist. I'll have you know. The world's only fourth generation sociologist? Yeah. You right. come from a family no, no, no. of sociologists? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Technically, the work you do is sociology. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Or sociopathy. I don't know if I've heard that term before. No. It's like a, a sociologist that has like a pathology issue. Sociopaths. Yeah, We're sure. sociopaths. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. So Sacramento, mm -hmm. LA, Chicago. Chicago. Well, I, I got a job touring with a, a one-man Broadway show called Defending the Caveman that Isaac also toured with. Hey, dear listeners, I should let you know that Isaac is here. Chris's friend who did this amazing you know proposal yeah. video. You've seen him. He's he Isaac. Do you want to give your last name? Isaac Lamb Isaac did a Lamb. lip dub proposal for his girl, then girlfriend, now wife, now mother of twins, named Amy to Bruno Mars's. I think I want to marry you. Is that what it's called? I'll marry you. Marry you. 
uh, and it has like 40 million views on YouTube. How and many views do you have on YouTube? Not, not that, that many. many. We are starting to click. So you were a bouncer in Chicago. Yeah, at a, at a bar across the street from a police station where all the cops came to drink after they got off work. Oh, God. Bad news for me <laughs> to try and throw down any kind of <laughs> authority. Why, why would a bar under a bridge that caters to cops need a bouncer? It's a good question. The only thing I knew is I needed the $100 cash per night. Right. But I'm not a fighter. That's the problem. I'm not an aggressive person and I'm not, uh, I don't know how to throw a punch, nor have I ever been hit with a punch. And so being assertive with drunk rapscallions is not in my quiver of uh, uh, abilities. Were there other patrons though? Yes. Would you let me in? What's that? Yes. You would? Yeah. Thank you. I don't know if you should. Well. Okay, so your favorite job in the industry. In this industry? that My favorite job that I've ever had? Yeah. Well, This Is Us is pretty high on that list. Why? The current job I have. Yeah. Um, It's it's chock-a-block with wonderful people and wonderful writing and uh, comedy. Plenty of... uh, penis jokes and plenty of uh serious drama so it's it's well balanced has it completely changed your life i mean yeah I, that's a naive question no I guess, no but um yeah it's like i had done plenty of theater and voiceover and a little bit of tv and film in the past before that but this is like the first big television project that i've worked on do you get recognized all the time i do and I do. do people assume that you uh, are a version of your character. Yeah, which is fair, actually, in this case, because I kind of am. It's not so far off. He's nodding. Isaac's nodding. We have confirmation. I love Isaac. Right, me too. Okay, who was the first person you called when you found out you booked This Is Us? Me wife. Me wife, Rachel. So you called your wife and you said, I booked... I booked this show. But here's the thing. You know how this works, right? So you book a pilot and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. really exciting. Really exciting. I booked a pilot. I don't, it's untitled. We don't have a title. We don't, we, I, I haven't read the script yet. Uh, uh, we'll see. And, and there's a lot of, uh, do you find yourself in this industry uh, delaying your gratitude or delaying your excitement? Of course you have to. Right? To your own detriment. I love it. I love, oh yes. And you're like, I'll get excited when this pilot gets picked up. And then the pilot gets picked up and they're like, I'll get excited, excited when, it, when if it's a hit. It, and it doesn't get canceled. And then, oh, now it's a hit. Well, I'll get excited when it goes into syndication. And then by the time it's all done, you've not been excited about anything. How fucking depressing is that? When are we going to celebrate This Is Us? <sighs> right now. I love it. Right now. So. You're fucking living your dream. I am living my dream. You're living your dream. You're like the point zero 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 one percent. It's it is that I don't know that grass is always greener thing. That's what I'm saying. Like so, so the news gets delivered in in these short, like looking back now, all of these things have happened. But the news is a slow roll in my life, right. and now our grass could not be greener. No one's grass is greener. Than my grass, mostly because my grass is astroturf, and it comes uh, a certain type of green, and you cannot dull it. You can't dull it. You cannot dull it. You don't have to water it. Even if the dog pees on it, it doesn't die. I have the greenest grass. (laughs) (laughs) When I found out I got Scary Movie, which was my first big job in LA, I remember feeling 
like this this whole like rainbow of emotions. It was like fear, like I'm gonna get fired because I'm not funny, and then it was trying to think about how my life could potentially change. At mm-hmm. the time, it was a $13 million movie, mm-hmm. so it probably wasn't going to change. But still, that, that feeling of intense euphoria combined with intense loneliness. Sure. You know? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And uncertainty. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anybody in my life that I could really talk to about mm-hmm. such an unexpected thing. Right. That have I mean I sent in a videotape of You booked that from tape? Well, I ended up flying That's incredible. Down. My mom gave yeah. me miles. But yeah, they were willing to see me because Well of yeah, the that the, the opportunity for success is is also presents an even greater opportunity for failure, which is terrifying. And I just felt like I wasn't you know You didn't think you were ready? God no. What were you doing before that? I had just graduated from college. I was still doing... Which college? University of Washington. <laughs> five years. My- <laughs> Changed my major five 50, times. Yeah, five times? Yep, five times. What were they? All five. Okay, you ready? Uh-huh. Drama. Drama. That's uh, where you started. Yeah, Okay. that's where I started. Drama, Greek literature. Major. Yep. Then, Major in Greek literature. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Turns Great. out uh, that's difficult. Oh, yeah. And then I swerved over to speech communication. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> then comparative literature, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, what is What do you also, do in comparative literature? Well, you just compare books. <laughs> you just look at some things, but apparently you also I've have I've got the to... illusion. What do you have? <laughs> it's like book, show, and tell. Yeah. And you swap books. Yeah, yeah. Compare yes. <laughs> And what was the last one? The last one was English. That was out of desperation because I had the most credits in English. So, yeah. But I was still acting. Now, all five of those link back to drama pretty pretty well. There's only... Especially the Greek stuff. one thing I can sort of do. Which is compare books? I guess so. (laughs) You act pretty great. That's sweet of you. Wait, what did you major in? Theater arts. And you were like solid the whole way. Solid the whole way with a minor in drug and alcohol <sighs> studies. It sounds like a joke, but it was an actual program. <laughs> it was a dependency program a depend- to become a dependency counselor. Wow. Yeah, like a therapist. That's impressive. Yeah. What's your middle name? Joseph. Christopher Joseph Sullivan. That is a solid ass American name. That's right. Fuck. That's right. Irish American. Christopher Joseph Sullivan. Yeah. It's like the number two most popular name when I was born. Christopher. First was Michael. It's a good name. It's a solid name. Then Isaac. Isaac Joseph. Isaac Joseph. Mm-hmm. Oh, our baby Isaac. That's how it went. My first boyfriend was a guy named Brent. And I always think about like, like looking down at a baby and being like, oh, Brent. Yeah, think about a uh, uh, Bruce. Yeah, well, baby Bruce. I think like Bruce I have a friend is... named Bruce, and it's a, he's a, he is one of the most handsome, tallest, statuesque men I know. And you're like, that is a Bruce. But then you think about a baby Bruce. Baby Bruce. <laughs> baby yeah. Bruce is a hard thing to like look yeah. down at a little baby and be like, I shall call him Bruce. <laughs> Dear listeners, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, State Farm. 
State Farm agents know that life is unpredictable and that anything can happen. Like the time when my Eagle Scout brother, Bob, was getting ready to go camping. And the trip was like still two weeks away and Bob literally couldn't wait. So he set up his tent in the garage and created his dream campsite. My parents even let him sleep out there. So State Farm comes into the story shortly after Bob tested out his new camping stove. From home and auto insurance to investments in banking, State Farm agents are there for you as you face the unexpected, manage the risks of everyday living, and build your dreams. With over 19,000 agents in neighborhoods across the country, there's an agent near you who can help when your garage catches on fire. Check out statefarm.com to find an agent in your neighborhood. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Shutterfly. I really, really like Shutterfly. I like that their goal is to bring people together, and that's what the Unqualified podcast is all about. Jen at Shutterfly sent me this really cool handbag that just says Unqualified AF. Of course, you know, yeah, my initials are AF, but I like to think that Jen shares my sense of humor and AF has more than one meaning. Getting the bag made my day and I can't wait to thank Jen in person. The holidays are a great excuse to reach out and Shutterfly makes it easy. A few clicks on their free mobile app and that favorite photo you posted on social media can have a new life as a holiday card. But, you know, you don't need the perfect photo. You don't really need a photo at all. There aren't any rules to sharing what's important to you, and Shutterfly has designs to fit every style and budget. From photos and cards to books and personalized gifts, Shutterfly can help you celebrate your relationships and connect in a meaningful way. Visit Shutterfly.com slash Anna and enter promo code Anna, A-N-N-A, to redeem your exclusive limited time offer of 40% off everything. You will also get a free set of labels and two 8x10 prints. I love you so much, dear listeners, and thank you for being a part of Unqualified and for supporting our sponsors. So what's the strangest thing you've seen a fellow actor do to get into character? To get into character. Yeah. I've seen someone get like blindly drunk, like fall down drunk. That was pretty uh, unnecessary and unhelpful. (laughs) Isaac was there. (laughs) We were in the same movie. Can, Can we talk about it or no? Yeah, I'll just say it was an independent movie. It was my first movie. And Isaac's first movie, and we shot it for fifty grand in the deserts of Texas, and and yeah, the the actor in in story in question got very very drunk because his character was very very drunk, and he had forgotten that we were acting. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you need to play drunk, you don't get hammered. You just act like you're drunk. That's happened to me. Multiple times. With other actors. With other actors. Men. All men. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But the bigger transgressions mm-hmm. for me were other things. Okay. That was the least of their sins. Yes. We can talk about that shit later. These stories that we're not telling would make great podcasts. I know. Isn't then it has to be no. so annoying. Like a yeah. like a when you have a <laughs> cast on your arm and there's an itch. Yeah. 
And it's like, who the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. It's unimportant. It, but the thing is, is that it is important. It is. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, you know what? When, Dang we're, yeah, that's right. We're in our 90s mm-hmm. and you're in the basement. We'll be able to talk as much shit as we want. When, what is that age? What is the age when you, when, when you no longer have to filter anything that comes out of your mouth? Uh, I'm going to go for me like 74. 74. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. I'll be playing like Grammy. Yeah. And you can say all kinds of weird, offensive shit. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm going to tell you guys my old stories. Nobody will know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm just being hair and makeup. Like, oh, I hate it. Like, his name was Ashton. Oh, what? (laughs) Were you in a fire? I live through Mount St. Helens. <laughs> <laughs> I almost LaCroix this mic. Oh, I almost spit LaCroix all over this mic. I lived through Mount St. Helens. 1982. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry I got in on Uber early. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love it that Isaac is yeah. here with his support. I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's like it's like we're performing a two man show I for him. It. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so true. I keep looking. Yeah, I'm like, right? yeah. Right. Oh. Doing great. Okay. Oh, great. We're doing great. well. Great. Yes. 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 Okay. Wait. Uh, so posters on your wall. The X Files. Okay. Was one of the posters I had. X Files came out when I was nine or ten. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah go I, on. I, I I got on. I got in that early. Okay. Jillian Anderson, be still my heart. Ooh. Yeah, um, huge, huge nerd crush on on her. Hot. Yeah, yeah, really talented. Yeah. I had athletes. I had some tennis players on my wall. Andre Agassi. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like you could give me something a little saucier. I'm telling you the truth. I had a very neat room full of antique furniture. Why? Because that's the furniture I was given. So in Sacramento, like cleanliness was next to godliness? That's everywhere in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Would your parents have been upset if you put like a Paula Abdul poster up? Rightly so. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anybody's parents should have been upset if they put a Paul Abdul poster up. I thought that all boys did that. Uh, no, not Paul Abdul. I'll tell you, I had a new kids on the block phase. You did? Yeah. Who have you fangirled over? You've had an opportunity to meet many, many people in this entertainment industry. Maybe it's not an entertainment person, but maybe you've met someone in your life who you've like lost your shit. Did you ever watch Jersey Shore? Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. <laughs> the situation. You lost your mind. I did. Yeah. I did. I was like, oh, the situation. Oh, we got to go talk to him. We gotta go talk and to you talked to him? Yeah. Yeah. And did he know who you were? Uh, yeah. Which I made so. you even blew your mind even more. Oh, yeah. Well, I, th- I yeah. think he did. It was it was a yeah. kind of a one-sided conversation, but he told me that he, he just wouldn't stop talking. Moving to Los Angeles, he's going to yeah. make it 
big in the film industry. He's yeah. been offered these roles. And I was like, yeah, of How's course you should be. How's it's it going? going great. Yeah. It's going great. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I miss manager. <laughs> <laughs> Is match made in heaven? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I think he'd be perfect on This Is Us. Yeah? In I what do. capacity? Well, you know, he's like the East Coast relative that... Like, oh, that shows up. Yeah, that shows up. Yeah. Hey, it's cousin situation. Yeah. <laughs> Not my, this guy again. My it, cousin's it, coming over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I hope you guys don't mind. What's his name? Situation. Wait no, a no, minute. No, no, what's his name? Situation. Wait no, a I minute. understand that we're in a predicament, but... His name is... Literally, situation. That's his last name. His first name is The. The. Why haven't you never told me about this guy before? Uh, you know, we're, we're rarely on the East Coast for the holidays, but, you know, he's alone for the holidays, and nobody should be alone on Thanksgiving, so he's going to come by. Well, I sure hope he doesn't cause any trouble. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Okay, you brought something weird, Chris. Yeah. And I really love what you brought. I mean, because it might be the weirdest thing of all. Oh, I'm so glad. I, Will I you was, describe I, to our listeners what you brought? I mean, besides Isaac, who, who's amazing. Yeah. It's a, a miniature trampoline. Which you, you brought upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, you hauled the... Mm-hmm. You told me to bring something weird. Yes. When's the last time you've seen a miniature trampoline? Yeah. Oh, gosh. In person. I, it's really hard so to get. you've never seen one. So you're really confused <laughs> by this. So tell me the history with this mini trampoline. In this day and age, we have the ability to have things jettisoned to our homes at the, at the click of a button. Sometimes it's multiple cases of LaCroix, not an advertisement. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's goods, and sometimes a miniature trampoline shows up at your house, and you have no idea why. My beautiful, loving, and wondrous partner, Rachel, had some plan for this that was never executed. I put it together, which is way harder than one might think. And so it's been in our garage And you told me to bring something, and I'm so glad that you're willing to take it off my hands. Oh, we get to keep it? Oh, yeah. I thought that was the point. No, this is awesome. Yeah, so that's your trampoline now. Thank you. Yes. What? Yeah, I brought you a weird trampoline, and now it's yours forever. Oh, no, nobody ever gives me their something weird. Yeah, this is for you. Is Rachel going to be upset? I asked her, and she said no. She said this is the best thing for it. But can we go back to how you put it together? Yeah. Am I going to, is there like... Oh, no, it's solid. Don't get me wrong. It was hard to put together, but I put it together well. See, Isaac is is demonstrating it is safe. He didn't jump all that much, Which was great, because he didn't actually know that when he got Mm. on. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, so... Well, thank you. I'm really excited. This is going to be awesome. It should be a fun... Listen, I tried to bounce on it, and for a man of my size, it doesn't have the... The surface tension, let's put it that way, to give to bring me pleasure. But for an individual of your petite nature, I wish you many hours of bouncing pleasure. Thank you. This is the first time. Now, you know what? You've spoiled me, Chris. Thank you. That's what I came here to do. Okay. How did you meet Rachel? Do you mind me asking? I met Rachel in Chicago 
Illinois. She was producing a short film for a friend of hers who was also a friend of mine. I was an actor in said film where I said the line, Take it easy, guy. You take it easy. That was excellent. Um, I love it that you still remember. I was a short order cook. Yeah. She saw my performance. And she was like, I'm in love. Wow. Wow. Um, no, we, we were both seeing other people at that time, and uh, there was no spark, no magic, what? no nothing. What? I bet there was. There wasn't. Literally not an ounce of it. And no. then four months later, four months later, are you mm. staying with me? Kind of. I just don't believe you. We went to the director's birthday, and the director came up to me and said, hey, guess what? Rachel Reichert is single now. And I said, who's that? And he said, my producer. And I said, which one? And he said her and pointed. And she was wearing uh, little tiny shorts and a, and a tube top and a wig because we were at a birthday party it? and the theme was getting wiggy with it. Do you understand, understand the reference? No. In the 1900s, yes. there was an actor. Uh, I love history. An actor rapper. Yes. Uh, a hip hop rapper. Uh, I don't think that you named, should cross over. Fair I don't enough, know. Fair enough. But few, few were able to do it. And this one was royalty. He was a prince. And he was the Fresh Prince. Of, prince from where? From Bel Air. No. Yep. Yeah, and he had a song uh, I don't live about in Bel Air. getting jiggy with, oh. with, with it. Now, what does that mean? I'm pretty jiggy. sure it has to do with shacks. Sex? Shacks. Shex with an H? Shex. Sex with an S-C-H? Yes. <laughs> uh, and so the pun you see is that see. we were getting wiggy with it. Oh. And people were wearing wigs. I've had five different majors. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> One of them was not comparative hip-hop history. No. Okay, wait, because we have a bit of a relationship show to some degree. This is Everything something... is about relationship, I suppose. Yeah, but, but this is a, a tricky area for me because I've gone through two divorces mm-hmm. now. I'm in, in an amazing relationship. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk to everybody about these things that I don't really know much about. But I, I also feel that... I want to protect things in a way that sure. I hadn't considered before. Yeah, and, no bad. Those boundaries are important. But it is difficult to because I want our listeners to know who I am, and I want to be honest and upfront. But it also feels like, am I letting too much scrutiny? Sure. Or I, I mean, yeah. No, know. I know what you mean. Like, I just started a quote-unquote relationship podcast myself, and there are certain things that I don't talk about in order to protect my coupleship right. with Rachel. Right. I speak respectfully about my past or about Rachel or about anybody else, and, and we don't owe anybody anything. You know, we can well, be as honest as we want to be. They don't have a right to... I agree with you to a certain degree, because I do think that... I owe my listeners uh, because I attempt to give advice that's usually not great or whatever. But uh, so I owe them my own honesty if they're being honest with me. Sure. And but that's been a trickier uh, territory for me. 
And um, yeah, I could see how that would be I'm tricky. Still, I'm still kind of figuring out all of that. But you bring your experience to every situation, and that experience is valuable in and of itself. There's no right or wrong to your experience. It's just what you've experienced. Yeah. Will you tell us, Chris, um, your worst date? Um, I'm trying to think, like, worst date. I was, like, a, a serial monogamist for a long time, so it wasn't a lot of, like, dating. It was like, oh, hi, we get along? Let's date for four years. So I'm trying to think of, uh, like, a worst date scenario. Um, there was one date back when I lived in Chicago where I had had finally earned a little bit of money and I thought, Oh man, this is a nice lady. We're going to do it up tonight. First date. Go big. We're going to go to Ruth's Chris. She gets a filet mignon. Yeah. She goes big. And I go big. And I can't afford this. I shouldn't be doing this. You get like a New York. I probably went ribeye. I like a well marbled. There was nothing particularly stand out about this, except it was just the oversharing of all of the bad things like she kept just throwing out like the long list of like violent relatives brothers in jail so i want the filet mignon but like kind of medium done yeah let's do it up let's do it up and thank you for oh my god no this is awesome i know we're coming from different sides i know i know um i also would love i mean they have the best scallop potatoes here uh, yeah, no, we're going to, yeah, sir. Could we, could we also please have the, the scallop potatoes and the, and the oh my God. cream spinach? Do you know and, the oysters Rockefeller are incredible here? They're uh, so I've good. never, I've never had that. What oh is my that? God, they're the best. What is they're that? The best with champagne. What? It's like a baked oyster with spinach and cream on top. Oh my God. It's so good. Do you have, you do? Um, let's we'll get have the souffle. Do you have to order it early? Do we if want the Grand Marnier, the chocolate? <laughs> uh, uh, just the chocolate. Maybe both. Souffle would be great. Let's do both. Anyways, where are you from? Well, I... Okay, well... <laughs> that is a crazy question. <laughs> uh, nope. No, it's not. Um, so, okay. So, I was born in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then um, my parents moved to Santa Fe. That is crazy. And then, um, and then we moved to Denver... And, um, and then we, uh, then we moved to Utah, the Salt Lake city area. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then I ended up in Los Angeles and mm. now I'm here, you know? Yeah. That's... So tell me your story. Where can I, uh, drop you off? <laughs> I'm supposed to be meeting friends of mine. Oh, so you have like major time management issues. Yes. Mm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's fine. It's so, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's um, that's how it went. Almost verbatim, which is weird. (laughs) I thought you looked familiar. (laughs) And now it's all coming back. I'd like to thank our new sponsor, Rakuten. Rakuten is a free member-based loyalty program that lets members earn up to 40% cash back at over 3,000 stores. You just shop at your favorite stores and buy the things you were going to buy anyhow. It's almost like getting paid to shop. And Rakuten has partnered with some really amazing stores. Last night, I started warming up for the 
holidays with my gift shopping, sort of a test run. You know, I bought a new pair of Uggs, a sweatshirt from Lululemon, a Dyson vacuum, not for me, and a portable speaker from Best Buy. The way it works is that Rakuten gets a commission from these stores and shares it with their members. There's no points to redeem. It's so easy. I watched my my dear sweet assistant, Michael Sherman, set it up for me in just a couple of minutes. And all you have to do is cash the check they send you. This holiday season, use Rakuten to get easy cash back on almost everything you buy. That's cash back on gifts for your family, friends, and agents groceries for that big family meal, and even travel. I'm thinking about gifting my parents a romantic weekend at a Fairmont hotel. If you hear this, Dad, don't tell Mom. Rakuten is available on your phone, desktop, or tablet for easy shopping. All you have to do is download Rakuten, shop normally, and expect a check in the mail. Rack up cash back all holiday season long. Thank you, dear listeners. Okay, here's the part where we call people. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. I've been having such a good time, I forgot. I get some people I want to call, too. (laughs) So, this is a caller from Utah, and she Mm -hmm. says, My husband and I have been together for almost nine years and have two wonderful young children. I love him very much, but we never have sex. Never. It says all caps. We never have had a comfortable sex life. We grew up Mormon and Mm. since have left religion. I don't know if the issue is that he was very sheltered or if he is just not interested. I feel like we are good friends that are roommates that Mm. Mm co-parent. He is such a great person and a great dad, but I just feel so alone most of the time. There is no romance and very little affection, minus the kiss before work. We don't have great communication, and I know that this is one of the biggest issues, but when I do bring it up, it just gets uncomfortable, and he doesn't seem to care. He's on antidepressants, as am I. And I know that that could be one of the causes, but when it comes down to it, he has never been that into it. I never thought it would be a big of an issue. I'm starting to feel terrible about myself. I recently went to a concert and was given a lot of attention from a guy and felt so alive for a minute. I don't want to be that person, and I would never have an affair, but it made me realize how much I crave that attention and need to feel wanted. Oh, my God. That is such a common thing. Yeah. Don't you think, Mm -hmm. Chris? Absolutely. It's very sad. Well, let's talk to her. But but it's common, right? It's very common. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Hello? Hi. Is this Lolly? Lolly. Hi, it's Anna. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Just told myself I would only give myself 10 seconds of being a fangirl. <laughs> oh, I love you for that. And I love you for your question. <laughs> you should know that you are here with Chris Sullivan. And he's oh, another fangirl moment. <laughs> so we were just re- reading over your letter, which is so well written and very relatable. But will you sum it up for us? Yeah, so, and hopefully this all comes out making sense. Um, yeah, so my my husband and I, we've been we've been together nine years. We have two kids, you know, a pretty pretty good relationship altogether. You know, he's a great dad and very considerate and understanding. And 
Um, and I don't, I don't know how relevant this is, but I think as background, like we both grew up as Mormons and got married as Mormons and all of that. But as of mm. two years ago, we um, removed our names from their records. We uh, left religion in general. And so it's been a lot of mental shifts for us, for sure. Um, there's a lot of shame culture in, in that religion, um, especially about sex. And it, I think that kind of lingers. What was the impetus of leaving? Um, well, there's there's a lot in that. Yeah, I know. Maybe it's too that, much. You don't have to answer. Oh no, 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 no. There's. I it mean, was a mutual I decision. On on about that forever. <laughs> yeah, it it was mostly, it was mostly him just finally being honest with me and saying I don't believe this. Hmm. And me, um, he didn't push me anyway at all. He just said I don't believe this, but I'll support you if you want to go. And then I kind of just went down a rabbit hole of learning a lot of things that I hadn't known before. And and so we were pretty fortunate to get out together <laughs> as opposed to trying to have a mixed face yeah. marriage. So yeah. it was a really good thing for us that I thought would fix a lot of things that it didn't fix, I guess, um, because of all the, the shaming in, in Mormonism and the um, I'm sure you guys know what I'm referencing when I say turn it off culture. <laughs> like, hmm. um, yeah. I was kind of hoping it would help with the intimacy, but we, I mean, at this point have, there's just no connection that way, like beyond being friends and roommates that have kids and love our kids and love each other. But he doesn't really see it so much as a problem. And I'm really not great at the communication <laughs> or the words, obviously, <laughs> but, um, it's just not an easy conversation to talk about. A couple of my girlfriends have expressed to me about how, uh, their boyfriends or husbands have not wanted to have sex. And we've been kind of raised in this culture. We've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast where men are supposed to be sort of the aggressors and, when we as women get denied how we're not socially adjusted to it. Mm -hmm. So it hurts us ego wise on a different level. Hmm. Yeah. And so when, when you don't get that ever and then randomly out of the blue, somebody will give you that kind of attention. Oh my God. Like, it's so heady. Me, it's it's like so intoxicating. Completely. Yeah. And it, it's terrifying just because like, I've, and I'm sure you know, as being a mom, like sometimes you you get in this zombie mode where you're like, you oh fuck yeah, am I a person? Am I even a person right now? Like I have no connection to any human being, pretty much, and I'm just running around like a crazy person doing mommy things. And so then somebody pays attention to you in a different way, and it's like oh. I forgot how much I need this. It feels so good. And I'm I'm sure for men it feels the same way, right? Yeah. It feels really good to yeah, think, to feel attractive. Yeah, we're I think we're all seeking whether or not it's there are certainly different levels that are, are healthy or unhealthy. We're all seeking approval, we're all seeking validation, we're all seeking um, connection. We want to feel, yeah. <laughs> we want to feel like we are loved and that we are uh, desirable and, and, and all of these things. And, and it can be, it can certainly yeah, be exactly. tricky. And it's very, it's very isolating yeah. to not yes. feel that. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the part of relationships where when people say relationships take work, 
like in my opinion, that this is where actual things have to be done. Like we all kind of assume mm -hmm. that things will take care of themselves and that things will just happen. And it's just in my, in my experience, my own personal experience in friends and family, like it's just not the case. And so it's, it's, you know, it sounds like you want to take action here. And I, I'm a big advocate of therapy. I have my own therapist. He's, he's not, uh, my husband's not a big therapy person. We tried once and he kind of thinks it's a waste and, and I'm, yeah. I don't know where to go from there because I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I can't communicate well about this. Yeah. How do I fix it? <laughs> yeah. I have a personal therapist. My wife and I go to couples therapy. The culture of therapy out here in, in Los Angeles yeah. might be a little more prevalent than it is in other places. Uh, yeah. Did, it's kind of hard here to find one that's not Mormon and <laughs> yeah. know, it doesn't have those yeah. views. So that's a challenge. Yeah. Can I ask you a few things about your husband? Sure. Absolutely. Is he a kind person? Yes, definitely. Is he a good father? Mm-hmm. Does he make you laugh? Yeah. <laughs> um, what? I just sensed hesitancy. And I well, don't... let's ask about it then. Well, oh. but I love the questions you're asking, but I also don't want... And maybe they're in a place in their lives when they haven't been able to make each other laugh that much. Oh, there's certainly those those times. And that's okay, too. I'm... Those aren't necessarily, I'm not, I'm not laying out prerequisites. I'm just trying to get an idea of, of where you guys are currently. And I mean, I feel like, like we enjoy time together. We, um, I mean, most of the time, a, a lot of times I feel like it's just kind of dead air, but you know, we, we enjoy at least, you know, watching movies and we, we enjoy playing with our kids together. But then I feel like that's where it ends. And it's, it's just like, uh, it's a scary thing for me to think that that there may never be passion in my life again. Living a life with no sex pretty much forever is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Can you tell him, like, babe, no more talking. I need you to fuck me. Can you tell him that? <laughs> That's the problem, I think, is that we're just not there um, comfort-wise anymore. Like, our communication has gotten so bad mm. and our awkwardness in regards to sex has gotten so bad that it's like, yeah, it's not that kind of relationship anymore. Which, oh, and, and I am kind of that kind of person. I'm, I like to, you know, just be fun about it. Just, you know, just do it, you know, like, but it, we don't have that together and I don't know how to, to help him get that or help us, the, I don't know, the thing, figure each other out. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I've learned about, marriage and, and relationship and what it means to love someone over the last few years for, for a long time, I had a very selfish idea of what, what I love you meant. You know, it even starts with I it's all, it's all self-focused mm -hmm. and to, to love someone yeah. is to make them feel like the, the best version of themselves to love someone is to make space for them. It's to make space for them to, to, to feel safe, to, to share their feelings, to speak their mind, to, uh, you know, strive and reach for their goals, all of these things. And essentially what it comes down to is a basic give and take of, I express my needs and my partner agrees that since my needs are important, that they will help meet those needs. And so if you have a need, and, and your partner can't meet it, that's not a loving <laughs> exchange. It is an interesting thought experiment to say, what does my life look like 
without this person? What does my life feel like without this person? Because that can oftentimes gives me a lot of perspective on my, where I'm grateful, where things are good, where things are going well. But yeah, if you can't lay this out for him and be like, listen, this is not a negotiation. <laughs> like I need this. And so we need to figure out a way for this to happen or something has to, something else has to change. And, and maybe if you yeah. have a, a family support system, something that you could consider is like going on a road trip by yourself for like three days or whatever. And the, the reason why I suggest this is because I wonder if that makes your husband, um, sort of value all that you do. I'm the one that usually is going out, going to take trips to see my sister and and doing all these things. And, and he'd rather just be at home playing on the phone or something, you know, like obviously he also helps with the kids a lot and is amazing in all those ways. And so it's, it's just like, I feel like I'm, in some ways I'm feeling maybe I'm just selfish or why maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it. Or no, like, no, no, you need to feel physical affection. Everybody does. But we need it as babies. We need it as adults. Yeah. yeah. Is there a way that you could um, have the kids stay with a family member and you two could go to, I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like, is that a practical solution? I think it it would be, but I don't know that it's even like, I don't care about sex. It could very well be a physical thing. And so I brought up, you know, please go maybe get testosterone tested because I, if that's the case, it's not his fault, but it's still something has to be yeah. done because it's making me crazy. And I'm, you know, I'm starting to feel like a robot. <laughs> and you mentioned in your letter that you're both currently on antidepressants. Is that... Is that still the case? Yeah, I'm I'm no longer on them now. Actually, I'm working on um, trying to not be on them. Yeah. But yeah, he is. He's on on an antidepressant that, and it's fairly recent. I mean, we've never had a lot so, of sex right. life. So that's not it, it was then. it was this way long before the medication. Yeah, it's just gotten worse with the antidepressants. Like, and I think, and I don't know if it's just because now that's a good excuse to have or. I don't know, but you know, I, I thought low testosterone levels can cause depression. So that may be the, the yeah. underlying cause of everything. Does he smoke a lot of weed? Just, oh no, no, he doesn't. That's, that's more me. I'm more of the, you know, you're, you're allowed to have these feelings. You're allowed to ask to have your needs met and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And you, and, and you deserve to be with someone who, who wants to help you meet those needs no matter what. Yeah. And no matter what it takes, if it takes four different therapists, all right, maybe that what, you know what, maybe that wasn't <laughs> the right therapist. Then there's another one. Then there's another one. Then there's support groups. Then there's, there are a ton of things to try. Yeah. I mentioned to make like going on a retreat, like a couple's like yeah. a, a Gottman Institute retreat or something, but the Gottman, the Gottman series is incredible. <laughs> the Gottman book is yeah. incredible. My wife and I did, did one of those a little while ago it was, and it was a good time, but he has to be willing. Or else, what's the? If it's just you yeah, wanting all part. these things, yeah, <laughs> I know it could be scary. Yeah, um, so it's so much scarier with with kids too. But they're gonna be fine. I mean, you like truly. The the more that you look out for yourself, the better they will be. 
I, I really believe that. And same thing with your husband. And to have you be in a happy place and him be in a happy place, no matter what happens, that is the best outcome for the kids. And once you get to like fucking 50, they forget about you anyway, or even before then. <laughs> so it doesn't fucking matter. Mine are five and three, so they're still kind of attached yeah. to my hip. <laughs> I don't have kids, but I have, I have many friends who do. And maybe Anna, you can speak to this, but it's more important for the kids to see yeah. parents as happy people, yeah. not together than miserable yes. people together. Oh, 100%. And again, we're, and again, I'm not advocating that you go in and, and just split up, but there, but no, uh, no on, definitely that would be a last resort. Right. But <laughs> ironically enough, that as a thought process to, to present that in a way to, to your partners to be like, if you can't meet, if you can't meet these goals, that's a problem. That's a deal breaker. Like, I don't want to live my life without physical affection. Yeah. That gives somebody a different thing to think about yes. than, than just turning you down for, yes. for sex. Yes, completely. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> because I understand the shame spiral that you're both in, too. Because the longer you go, the worse <laughs> it gets. The longer you go, the harder it gets to talk about. But over the course of this podcast, mm -hmm. which I've been doing for a few years, it, we've had this odd thing where um, a lot of young women have called in about sexual issues with their their partner, like their partner doesn't want to have sex with them or mm -hmm. whatever. But it's also, is it also a product of the culture, of the porn culture, the easy yeah. access? Yeah. Like, that makes you think, what is wrong with me? <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with you, by the way. Things change and your relationship will change and people want to pretend mm -hmm. like it's going to stay the same forever and they're surprised when it doesn't. So both people have to be willing to adapt. Yeah. Oh gosh, this feels like, uh, I can't, I know, I, I don't know if we gave you any helpful advice. Oh no, it's, it's definitely helpful. I mean, even just to, you know, to know that it's a valid thing and that I'm not just like, you're not alone. Like we were talking about yeah. this before we called yeah. you, like you have yeah. to understand you are in a very, uh, common situation. Uh, and I know that the word exciting is not the right word to use, but there's an opportunity for you here to be honest about what you're feeling and see what happens. Thank you guys for, for talking to me and for letting me fangirl for a minute about how amazing you both are. I even wrote down, they're just really cool people. Chill out. <laughs> Lolly, you're, love you. you're a really cool person. I love you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Please, Thank you, please Lolly. keep in touch. And make, yes, make your husband go fucking down on you and let us know how it goes. <laughs> I will. I, I will you. give you details. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You gave the most amazing advice. What are you talking about? You did. Couples therapy. Yeah, yeah I guess what, that's what it is, right? Christopher Joseph Sullivan, thank you so much for being here. This has been really fun. Do you want a for me. case of LaCroix? I would love a case of lacrosse. This has been the Anna Ferris podcast, and I'm unqualified. Ah, the souffle is here. <laughs> <laughs>Do you have feedback for us or a similar story that might help someone to hear? Please write or record your experiences and send an email to 
Anna at unqualified.com. Or you can send a letter or postcard to unqualified P.O. Box 528 Antioch Street. That's spelled A-N-T-I-O-C-H Pacific Palisades, California 90272. Thank you. Thank you.